the high watermark. If you get to the point where your clients are cooking you dinner, you've clearly done something right. Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Tuesday morning, we are talking about how to keep your clients. What's up, guys? It's a small crew on camera today. There's like three of you on camera. That means oh, you guys are all required to smile because I, I can only see three of you. There you go. Oh, good. I got smile, smile, everybody. That was 100% smile rate. Love it. <laughs> all right, guys. We're talking about how to keep clients today. Um, and originally when I was thinking of this topic, I was thinking we were going to dive into the fact that um, working with buyers right now is a long, drawn-out process, much longer than in the past in some cases. So I was thinking of from some conversations I've had with people lately and techniques, strategies, and tips that they are using to basically keep those clients, assuming you want to, right? We've had other calls where we talk about there are some buyers where you don't want to keep those clients. That's okay. They're unrealistic given market conditions. So we're looking for the people that we want to keep and how do we maintain those relationships. And then that turned into, as I was kind of researching this and going deeper, um, really generating business also from the people you've done business with in the past, right? If you are brand new to real estate on this call, um, don't worry. Some of these things we talk about will still work with people that you know, friends, family, sphere that you've never done business with. But if you have done business with a, uh, you know, you have a sphere or you have past clients that you've done business with, you've probably heard the statistics. It costs seven times as much to acquire a new client than to, than, you know, to work with some you've already worked with. I have no idea where that stat comes from. Not a clue. But I am going to tell you a story. And it's funny because I was going to tell you a story about Amy Izzo, and she's actually here on the call with us. Amy, you're here. Oh, you unmuted for a sec. Hi. So, so I was gonna, I was gonna tell your story about your uh, your client who surprised you yesterday. So here's why we're talking about this. And Amy, if you want to tell your own story, since you're here, you were on vacation for a week, and you got a mysterious phone call from a client yesterday. After how many hours were you driving home yesterday? We drove home like eight and a half hours. Eight and a half uh, hours driving. As she's getting home, she gets a mysterious call from a client. And what does your client tell you? Uh, she says, you have to come to my house. You have to come to my house tonight on your way home. And I said, if I was home for Memphis, well, like, I'll see you tomorrow. She's <laughs> like, no, no, no. You have to come to my house. Please. I know, I know I'm asking a lot, but you just, you have to trust me and you just have to come over here and have something for your family. So mind you, told this, this lady a house yet. So I will, but I haven't. So really done nothing for them except stay in touch with them for months and kind of guide them through the process of pre-approval. So um, I said, okay, I dropped my family off and I said, I'm going to drive over there. So I dropped my family off so they could get settled. And she's only like 20 minutes away. So I drove over there and I, you know, messaged her and said, I'm here. And she came running out, masked up with dinner for my family. So she made uh, my family shrimp and crawfish etouffee and like little baked little corn muffins and wanted us to have this fabulous meal when we got home from our trip. Wasn't that sweet? Is that amazing? It's amazing. And some of you are probably thinking, I live in an area where people just don't do that. I don't think that's it. (laughs) I don't think it's about the area you live in. I think it's time for me. (laughs) But but, but this is, 
but yeah. that but that tied into what we we're thinking about is how, can we deconstruct this right because i want to deconstruct what are some of the things amy did amy said she didn't even sell this person a house yet she's just stayed in touch over the last few months, she's helped this person along with the pre-approval process, getting some things taken care of on the credit side. I mean, she's, she's being a resource, a resource and an advocate, but more importantly, she's built an actual relationship, right? Here's what's important. I've never met them in person until last night. We, it's all been virtual. It's all been Zoom, Messenger, FaceTime calls. Um, we never met in person because she, and she actually said to me, it's so nice to meet you in person while I stood outside her house on the curb, <laughs> um, of her apartment, you know, picking up my dinner. Um, all of our, even she recognized all of her interactions have been virtual until last night. Which is pretty cool. And, and th- does she see, um, any social media that you do? Does she see things like that? Or is it straight up just one-on-one communications through most of this process? No. So I make it a habit of connecting with everybody through their social media outlet, right? So I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and I'm, I have different levels of how good I am at each of those. Um, but she's a Facebook person, which is what's important to me. And so I've connected with her and ultimately over time, her husband, um, both on social media. So we are connected there. We do stay in touch that way as well. I love it. And so Amy, as I go through this list, because I got a long list of a uh, of different strategies, please feel free to jump in uh, and, and add anything if you be on the call with me. This is awesome. awesome. So, so, so I was going to contrast with, with, with Amy. So um, let me bring up my chat box here. Keep an eye on this too. All right. I love it. And Evelyn just said, very inspiring, Amy. It is inspiring. Amy told me that story yesterday. I was like, oh, I got to tell that story. It's so cool. Because if you keep that in the back of your mind, is that is like the high watermark. If you get to the point where your clients are cooking you dinner, you've clearly done something right. Okay. Let's take on the other side of the spectrum. My business partner for many, many years um, is my mother and not the other side in terms of bad, but other side in terms of my mom, my mom is not a big social media person. She's not doing video content or communicating on social media. And it's not because her clients aren't on there. A lot of her clients are, are my age, right? They are on social media. She just connects in a different way, but she also has uh, clients that invite her out over for dinner and cook her dinner. And, and over the years of, uh, of doing this, my mom doesn't do a heavy amount of follow-up in terms of like calling on a regular basis, but her clients are consistently reaching out to her. So what she has done over time is something very similar. What Amy has done is develop herself as a resource, right? A resource for all things that are real estate. So I want to give you guys a list here of some items to do. Some of you are going to be incredible at almost all of these. Just pat yourself on the back and then go teach someone else, right? Go teach someone and be like, look, I'm really good at this. Let me teach you what I'm doing. That's working. And if you have at least one or two of these that you're not doing, Awesome. Right. So number one, we already talked about was staying in touch. And as you are staying in touch, one important thing to remember is I don't really think about any of my clients as clients. I look at them as friends. I look at them as partners. I look at them in so many ways. So Amy, with this person, did you think I'm just talking to a client through this time with this, uh, with this woman or, or, or how have you, how have you approached it from that standpoint? Well, well, no. And let me remind you, I haven't sold them anything yet. They're not even pre-approved. They're about to be, but they're not, right? So I met them in October. Um, two ways. They called me cold, but I found out later they heard about me from someone else. But they have been, um, they've had a lot of negative experiences with in the lending world um, and never met a real estate agent that could help them. And they also had a lot of negative experience experiences trying to rebuild their credit. So they were very much big wall uh, up on their guard, you know, guard up. And we've just been talking and communicating and educating 
um, and showing them that we can help them make little small progress. Um, and you know, now they're just days within a week, they're going to be pre-approved. So they've done the work and they're going to get there. So, um, that, but, but Jesse, I go back to go all the way back to leads. When we get a lead, I don't care if it's through a referral or I don't care if it's through some online lead generation or social media that you're doing. You have to think about those as people, not as leads. So I didn't even hate, I don't even like the word lead. Although we, it's necessary because that's what helps us identify the work we have to do every day. But I always think about those as people coming in. And so if we just think of everybody that comes through as a person, whether they came through as a you know, full information or partial information and how can, can we connect with the person, that's where the relationship starts. I love it. And we have other agent power huddles, guys. A lot, some of these things today I'll reference back because for the sake of time, I'll reference back to other uh, episodes we've done. There's one that um, I did a whole 30 minutes talking about friend working, uh, about in terms of building relationships. Amy is spot on. And if there's one thing that you heard there, this is a very simple bullet point. And I know you guys know this one, but if you're making a list, you're taking notes, write down, listen. Amy could have easily missed as she was going through, just got a wall, could have moved right, run right through it, just move on, right? Could have just said, okay, go talk to these people. I'll come back to you later. It was because Amy really stopped to take the time to listen, to understand their situation and what was going on that allowed her to create this opportunity for the deeper connection. So that really is important to pause and do things like that. Um, being a resource, I want to dive into that one for a few minutes. Being a resource, which I call being professionally helpful, right? You're, um, you know, there's certain people in your lives that always just kind of jump in and help. I'm talking outside of real estate. So for example, my wife's parents, are those people that whenever they come over, they literally cannot sit still. If they see something that needs to be done, we don't have to ask them, be like, hey, could you help with XYZ with the kids? Like they'll just start doing stuff. Raise your hand if you know those people in your life. Okay. Some of you might be those people, which is great. Are you those people in the lives of your clients? When you become those people in the lives of your clients where you're just looking for ways to add value and to help and be a resource, they become very comfortable calling for you and reaching out to you. This is the easiest way to stay in touch, I found, is not to necessarily have to stay in touch with them. They're calling you for things. I get called for things all the time that I used to scratch my head and go, why are they calling me for this? I want those calls, right? If you guys are getting calls and you're like, why, am, why are they calling me for this? Those are the calls you want because that's the easiest way. It means you've really established yourself as kind of the, the go-to place for everything, right? So you all hopefully have a vendor list or a client list or an affiliate partner list. If not, start building it. And it's a really good way to start then. If you're looking, always looking for ways to do, get you know, content for social media, start talking to your vendors. Ask them how, how their life's going. Have them share something that's helpful. It's a really great way to connect. Um, but being a resource, and even if it has nothing to do with real estate, right? even better. Again, basic stuff. Here's one on the automation side. So when you send out gifts after a transaction, I'm sure there are other ways to do this one. This is what I've been using for years and years. I'll put this up on the link in the chat box and I'll drop it in. This is not an affiliate link. I make $0. If you buy this, I just have been using them forever and ever. It's this company called iJungo. They've got this concierge program with different packages to choose from, right? Jungo delivers timely gifts and cards via UPS or USPS to your selected clients. So, um, their most expensive package is called Client for Life. It's 129 bucks, 19 cards and four gifts over a three-year period. It's all automated. You set it up once, you set it and let it run. You want 
cheaper ones. They have one for, you know, 55 bucks, which is 13 cards and a gift over to your package. I'm sure there are ways to do this with send out cards, AM cards, other things. If anybody uses any of those platforms, I don't, I don't use those, but um, do you guys have an automated way right now that when you close a transaction, you just set it and forget it? Mm-hmm. I use send out cards. Cool. So do they have a platform like this too then? They do. They have a platform and you can determine. So they have a couple of different things that they do and you can determine how you use it, but they have, um, you know, I, so I use it a couple of ways. So I use it as a set it and forget it on a campaign where I can say, I've closed the transaction with you. And now for the next 18 months, these are all the touches you're going to get from me and some maybe cards and some may have gifts, whatever I decide. And then I can also just do one off when someone has a new baby. So someone in my sphere just had a new baby. Um, they bought a house for me a couple of years ago. They just had a new baby. They're so excited. I just sent them a personalized card. That was a one-off did it from my phone while I was traveling. Um, just to like congratulate them on the new baby through a giraffe in there, you know, um, just so that, so they're going to get that next week probably. And they're going to be super excited because, and they're never throwing it away because it's all their family pictures of their new baby from social media. I, I love it. I love it. And do you ever get from the set it and forget it ones? Do you ever get texts, calls, emails, thank yous for gifts that you sent out that you have, you don't remember sending because it was set and forget so long before? Absolutely. Okay. I'm telling you, for those of you guys and, and watching this that are just like, I'm not wired that way, right? You, some of you love buying leads and just working new leads and churning through them. It's okay. You don't have to raise your hand. But if that's you and you're just like, I'm not a relationship person. I just want to go churn through these things. That's okay. I get it, right? It's really cool to set this, this stuff up and let it run. And you'll get a text that said, thanks so much for the chocolates. I'm like, okay. I just, right? I, I know now, I know exactly what it is. So I just say, thank you. But how cool is that from terms of, I believe in duplicatable systems that bring duplicatable results. Um, a direct mail newsletter we still use a U.S. mail, direct mail newsletter, even all these years later when everyone does email and video text, and I get people that still call and send responses from direct mail piece, right? Because we already had a relationship. So it's just another touch to stay in front of them. I'm curious, is any, how many of you guys still use a direct mail newsletter, a U.S. mail? Very few people. Interesting. All right. So that might be something that maybe that's the one thing. It doesn't have to be expensive. And I'll get the name of the provider we use. I don't even know. We, we use a template piece. I'm I'm sure we, it could be fancier. I'm sure I could do other things with it. It's just consistent. It's just a set it and forget it. I'm, I like things that are just set up and forget. And then I work in with that the more personal touches we're talking about. All right. Uh, ooh, here's one that I'm curious if any of you guys are doing this. There's two that will go together. We'll go old school and new school. So we've got handwritten cards or video texts. We've talked about those all the time, but how many of you in the last month have sent a handwritten card to a client? Raise your hand. Three, four. Oh, good. A lot of you guys. Awesome. Okay. And now, and then, and keep your hand up. And if you sent a video text, keep your hands up. You send five video texts a week, 10 video texts a week. Oh, people are, Amy, it's working. People are listening. They're doing it. <laughs> All right. So those of you with your, those of you with your hands up who send out a handwritten card or video text, I want to know if you've got any wins or any stories that have come from that, right? Any wins or stories in Jen, she's in the chat box. She said she has, I love it any wins that have come out of those? Because it's sometimes it's a slow build and it's one of those things that feels like it's like, is this really working? But it does. Anyone got a win they want to share from that? I'm looking at you on the screen. That's okay. No, they're like, no, it doesn't do anything. Connie, you got something? Yeah. So I actually use it in my prospecting. So if I'm talking to somebody and they say, well, I'm going to like last winter, they'd say, I'm not going to do anything till spring. 
um, that I send them my card with a handwritten thank you for taking the time to talk to me. And then I just keep in touch with them. And yesterday I set an appointment and the first time I talked to them was last September, but I just kept checking in. How are you? Cause they were really disrupted with the pandemic, his job. So now he's like, Hey, next month, I think I'm ready. And so let's come on over. I'm like, all right. And it feels good because you're helping me. Right. It does feel good. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Thank you, Connie. I think, and I'm sure there's more wins that people are just quiet and shy. Cause this is the, uh, this is agent power huddle where it's like, we're just warming our brains up, Jesse, leave us alone, man. Now. All right, cool. I dig it. So um, we'll keep rolling forward. There's two here that I'm going to direct you back to other agent power huddle episodes. I'll just touch on them briefly. One of them is the way you communicate digital rapport matters a lot. I truly believe that communicating with clients in the style that they want, in the method they want, the medium they want, makes a big difference between whether they continue working with you, either clients that are in phase with you now or clients that are from the past coming back a second time, right? If they are an email-based client, but you keep sending them these long text messages because you like text messages, you're probably frustrating them or vice versa, right? If they're really like, if they like to talk through things on the phone, you're like, I just don't like talking through things. I just want to put it in a text. Well, you got to work in the way your clients want you to work. So there's a whole 30-minute episode. I'll drop this link in the chat. In case you are newer to Agent Power Huddle, this is uh, the way you communicate matters. So this is the, the cardinal sins of, uh, of text and email. Here's the episode here, right? You can check that out. Go back and watch. I give like a ton of bullet points on communication styles, strategies, how that works. The other one would be um, in terms of keeping in touch would be just cultivating reviews and getting feedback from your clients. You want to make sure you're checking in, seeing how they do. And when they when it goes well, you might as well get a testimonial anyway. So there's a whole separate episode I'll drop in here that David Tam did on how to get more reviews. So make sure that you go back and you watch this one if you haven't checked out that one. That looks like this. How to get more reviews. This one there. How to get more reviews. All right. Let's change gears here. There's a few things to do on an annual basis. And some of these, I do a few of these, but I'll be honest and say, I went on a deep dive Google search last night when I was looking for every idea a realtor could do to provide value on an annual basis. And I won't give you an exhaustive list because it's funny. You hear the same few things over and over again. So there's a few that stood out and there's a few in here that was like, oh, that's a cool new one. I've never thought of that. I'll give you a couple of bonus ideas here. Um, you're looking for ways to provide value on an annual basis to your clients. Um, there's anything really related to taxes around tax season, helping your clients prepare. Um, you can send out an annual CMA, even if you just use like RPR. Does everyone know what RPR is? That big, long 25-page report. If you have detail-oriented clients or engineering clients, what if you just generated a RPR report once a year and either printed it, mailed it, or emailed it, or recorded a video in BombBomb and explained what you were sending to them. There's all sorts of levels you can do with this from hands-on, in-depth, automated that your clients will appreciate. It's a single largest asset, really basic. Here's what I'd never thought of though. Has anyone ever mailed batteries to a client for their smoke detector? I had never thought of that when I was looking at this list. I was like, what a fun idea. I like lumpy mail. If you ever heard the term lumpy mail, lumpy mail is something that will stand out. Cost of batteries are incredibly cheap. Uh, on the home anniversary of their purchase, it takes slight bit of planning in advance, unless you're always you know, using the same uh, types of uh, home inspectors. But if you start every time you close a house, just note down how many 
uh, you know, how many smoke detectors they have and type of battery goes in there. And then on each year on the anniversary, send them a note. Hey, we know home safety is really important. Just want to send you these. If you ever need anything, let me know. Super cheap. I guarantee that will stand out. I heard that I might learn that in my deep dive yesterday. Similar to the batteries, uh, Michelle just, uh, see, Michael just put, typed in the box, annually remind clients to flush tankless water heaters. I love it, right? Anything like that that's just little, in, this is where you want to get some variety in here. If you're always the person that's just telling them and reminding people about maintenance, they're going to think of you as one thing only. But if you're dropping in little parts of maintenance mixed in with personal, fun, events, anything else, something to connect, then you become a full-fledged person and you're actually connecting on a much deeper level. Does that make sense, guys? All right. Let's go through a couple of these that are for during the transaction um, because we did talk about this. I have a few minutes left. Because working with buyers does take a lot longer now. What are things that you need to do? Last week, we heard Tim Ray talk about um, calling your clients regularly, even if you have nothing that you need to tell them about. Um, he had his, his study from a, inside his office there where they took a, you know, a group of clients or a team and a group of people where they actually kept in contact on a weekly basis with, the, with their long-term buyers. And they found, I think it was like 20 or 30% higher client retention, just calling that client once a week, even if there was nothing going on that matched their criteria, no connection there and nothing new to update them on, just literally picking up the phone and making a phone call. Um, the other things that you want to put in here during this transaction is being decisive if any of you have been thrown for a loop during this interesting market we are in, it's a good reminder to going back that clients are looking to you for guidance. Clients are looking to you for confidence to be the beacon, right? Be transparent. Don't make up things you don't know, but be decisive. That will help them continue to come back to you to know where you're at. Um, making sure that you are anticipating any questions they have and do their research ahead of time, right? So as you are writing offers for clients, and those offers, whether they're accepted or not, do you guys go back and actually take a look at what did that property sell for? And then do you cre keep an organized list to show, right? Here, here's, here's what wrote the offer, right? here's what it sold for. Here's what wrote the offer, right? here's what it sold for. To start to show and document, as you start to create this list, it'll help you research ahead of time so you'll have these answers at your fingertips. Um, the other thing you want to do is consider the client's day. I always do this as I am working during the transaction? Are they someone that responds more in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, the weekend? If I'm going to do these regular reach outs, what works best for their schedule? Right. And last but not least, I have more, but I want to jump out of order because I don't forget. I don't uh, I want to make sure I don't miss some of these. If you are doing these activities to find off market opportunities for people, make sure you go above and beyond to communicate every little thing you are doing to your clients because they don't know what we do on a daily basis, even if it didn't feel like much. Does that make sense, guys? If you go and you look at every property that came off the market, right? We got an offer yesterday on one of our listings that the seller had pulled it off the market six months ago and we got an offer on it. They just took it off the market because they, they, were, they decided they didn't want to sell it, but we got an offer, unsolicited offer uh, from an agent on that property. That agent whoever that buyer's agent was is clearly hustling and going out of the way. They literally just looked up an expired offer, wrote up, they wrote up the expired property, wrote up an offer on it. I sure hope that agent, that buyer's agent is talking to their client. I mean, they had to talk to their client because the client signed the offer, but is communicating, here's the strategy. Here's everything we're doing. Yes, it takes extra work, but if you're going to do the, the effort, make sure you talk about it. Amy, you, I know you do a lot of things for your clients. Um, are you, how are you communicating with them the, the efforts that you're doing? 
Um, I have a process where I call everybody that I'm actively working with once a week. Um, one, to update them on what I'm doing. Usually that's a Tuesday morning activity, um, but I get it done regardless. So it could, it could roll into Wednesday. Um, and part of my consult is I tell them that they're going to hear from me Tuesday or Wednesday of every week <laughs> to let them know um, just where we're at. So, and so those are, so the, it's just part of my routine and um, I'm communicating with them in between there as well, especially in this market. Um, but if it's something that, that can wait, right, then it'll, it'll come in my follow-up call on either Tuesday or Wednesday morning yeah. or evening, because to your point, um, I am finding out in my consult, how do they like to communicate and what day or what time of day is best for them typically. Yeah. And, and, and uh, no matter what's going on in the market, guys, I like to keep things fun and engaging. So thank you, Amy, for the reminders on like what day of week that you, that you want to communicate. You ask them when is best for them. I also ask the first time I meet a buyer, what's their favorite drink? What's their favorite snacks? And then I'll show up with those when I meet them, right? Even if you only got one house to go out and show them, even if it's just, right, you're, 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 I'm looking for ways to make it fun, keep it interesting. So I'll ask them when I first start, what's their favorite drink? What's their favorite snack? I don't have a cooler here with me. It's off camera over there, but I have little branded coolers that have our, our team name, Live Love San Diego Homes, right? But it doesn't have to be branded. You can go order whatever little disposable cooler, you know, they're like six, seven bucks online. And I'll, give, I'll bring a cooler with their favorite snacks, their favorite drinks, whenever we meet up. Right? If you're in a cold weather place, you can, I, you can bring, bring a warm beverage to meet them. Just little things like that go a long way that at least you're making it fun. Right? What else is that? Before we got a few minutes left, is there anything you guys are doing? I'm curious. I want to open this up. Is there anything else you guys are doing to keep your clients during the transaction going? Keep them engaged. Keep them interesting. Keep it fun. Looking around you on the screen, but it's mute button. If not, I'll keep rolling. Anything else you guys doing that you want to share? Anita says, I just talk to them a lot. I, I think we can't overestimate the power of just talking to people, guys. And, and I really think that you need to talk to them more often in this market. Raise your hand if you agree. You need to talk to people more often in this market than typically, right? It's just more of everything. It's more of all the things you're doing. Um, the, the last two little reminders here, do what you, do what you're, do what you say you're going to do and do things when you say you're going to do them. So if you commit to doing something like, I'm going to go do something to help find you an off-market strategy, right? You say, hey, let's go do this one thing. And then later you're like, I don't know, it sounds like a lot of work. You committed to it. Go do it. Say you're going to do it and then go do it. Um, let's see. Anita says, I have a lady who calls me every day and I might spend an hour on the phone. Well, I, I don't know if you want to spend an hour on the phone. Anita. We can talk about that offline. <laughs> That is, that is a time management. Uh, you, you might want to start telling that person if you're spending an hour with them on the phone that you have, a, like, hey, I'm about to meet a client in a few minutes. I just wanted to give you an update. That's a great line. If you don't know that one, write that down. I'm about to meet a client in a few minutes. I just wanted to give you an update. Now you have a set timeline to your call. I bet Craig likes that one, right, Craig? Craig is all about like, we got to be efficient with our calls. All right, cool. Um, just last, guys, before we wrap up, I want to give you a little heads up for the week. Uh, we have some other really, really good topics coming up this week. Um, we've got tomorrow, Jeffrey Berger is going to be here advertising your listings to get more listings in 2021. Uh, Amy is back here Thursday. Woo Amy's on Thursdays with uh, outside influencer that help your real estate, uh, sorry, outside influences that help your real estate career. 
And then Dan Wood is back on Friday. Dan Wood uh, talking about Clubhouse, why agents are using it and what it's about. I got a question for you guys. Um, let's see here. Oh, and Robertson's reading the comments. Robert says, oh, making a conscious effort to include them in marketing plans. Yes, absolutely. I love it, Robert. Um, those of you guys, I'm curious, do you look at the topics for agent power huddle or do you just jump on regardless of the day? I'm curious to know, like when we're advertising these in advance, is it helpful knowing the topic? Do the topics matter? I'm seeing Danny's nodding his head. Connie's nodding his head. Awesome. I love it. If there are things then that you want, and Evelyn said, yes, very helpful. Cool. If there are things that you guys want to make sure that we cover, if you're having challenges in your world or something where you're saying, hey, I really want to make sure like you cover this, please let us know. Direct message me, send it to Amy, send it to anybody, drop it in the, in the Facebook group. Somehow, some way, let us know because we will make sure we go deep into that topic. And I hope you guys got at least one good idea today that you didn't know. And if you knew every single thing from today, pat yourself in the back and go teach someone else. You're awesome. Right? And if you picked up one thing, now that now the real, the real, real trick here is putting it into action. So commit to it. Go start doing one thing. Put into your schedule today. Block it off so it helps. And there you go. All right, guys. Enjoy your Tuesday. Great to see everybody. Have a good day, guys. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.